welcome, welcome, welcome all back to No Tech Talk. We have a special episode today. Uh, no semantics in the beginning. I'm just going to get right to it, okay? If you're watching this on YouTube or you want to see the pictures, we already got a rivalry going on, Ohio State, now Alabama. We'll get, that, we'll get to that in a second. Um, <laughs> I'm feeling good, y'all. I'm feeling way better. I'm recovering from, I guess, all the stuff that's been going on in the world. Uh, and it's actually just one time of us doing this podcast because we're going to be talking about some pretty hefty, heavy topics, right? But it has to be done. A conversation has to be had. And I, I do say, I think I have a very qualified person to talk about this with. Because you're like, Jay, I'm not going to listen to you. You don't know nothing. Yes, it's all my personal opinion, but personal opinion is half of the battle. And to complete that, we have somebody here that is going to complete that circle for us. So I'm going to read her bio. Dope bio, love bios, because that means you did something with your life. So yeah. it's Napier? What was it? You can say Napier. It's no, Napier what, or Napier. Napier. As long as you don't say something wrong. I want to say it the right way. <laughs> the, it's April Napier. But if Napier. I'm okay with people say Napier. Nah, but sometimes right. people say Napper, and then I become April Nappy hair. And you finna so call then... me Cotez. No, it's Coates. How <laughs> <laughs> do why do you put that spin on it? It's, it's got to be your skin. That's, that's Probably. It. They think I, it's <laughs> a lot of people here in Austin for sure. We like coming to me speaking Spanish. Anyway, Edward Appear is a wellness and strength coach, a writer, transformational speaker, photographer, and as well as a doctorate candidate of social work from the University of Southern California. She has previously worked in higher education as an assistant professor of social work, director of multicultural affairs, and drink some water now, halfway yeah. through it. <laughs> she is the founder and chief executive officer of Raw Honey, all caps, wellness and coaching LLC, which utilizes artistic expression and person-centered therapeutic strategies to induce a liberation from social norms and produces a state of holistic wellness and self-alignment. Now, your normal person would have messed that up, but I read books. You did good. I read that books. That's the best bio read I've had <laughs> because... You don't you don't realize how disrespectful it is to mess up somebody's bio Listen. until somebody messes up your bio. It's so. Did you I, remember all that hard work? Man, yeah, I'm like you better say my hard work correctly. <laughs> the platform includes the podcast Nectar, as well as a blog. So she is a podcaster as well. She also holds photography events and workshops to help participants interactively endeavor and liberation towards wellness and authenticity, one of my favorite words. She uses her artistic nature to share her testimonies and energize all to collectively reflect, express, and heal. <sighs> Welcome, Miss April. Insert applause <laughs> right here. How's it going? What's up? Um, I'm great. I honestly, like you said, I'm just trying to recover from things of the world. Mm. I'm trying to take life one day at a time. I'm taking the lows of the lows, but I'm taking the highest of the highs. And I'm, I'm grateful for all of it. That's good. So with a new segment we have here on No Tech Talk, it is what is, or what would be rather, your favorite, what would be your favorite superhero? Or and also, what superpower would you like to have? Ooh, yeah. ooh. So one's the favorite superhero, and then mm -hmm. if you could pick any superpower in the world, no matter what it is, could, okay. you could be like a fly, what's that uh, this movie on DJ channel, Sky High? When a dude could just melt, if you want to melt, it's, it's all good. <laughs> That's all you need. Okay, so my favorite superhero, Yes. Um, just because Father's Day is coming up, my dad's nickname is Superman. Hey. Uh, but I just, I really like the character. Like, I just like the shaping of the character of Superman and how... The Boy Scout. I, I mean, it's just, 
I don't know. I just love the the whole comic of Superman. Okay. So I'm gonna say that the second runner up, of course, is Storm. Oh um, yeah, Wakanda forever. Yes. If I had a superpower, oh my goodness, Put you it on would the spot. probably be. This is so weird, but it would be <laughs> like to make people like feel better from a hug. Like what? I'm able, like you could do anything, people, and you want to make people feel better from a hug. Yeah, COVID is real. Let me hugging folks. People hug them, and like their children are healed. I don't want to be Jesus or anything, but like <laughs> I want, <laughs> I just want like I want them to put a smile on their face okay. immediately. When I just want to be able to share love with people. Well, that's already real, ain't it? You can't you give somebody a hug. You, you're not mad about now, some it. Some people hug and they be thug hug. Oh, like, yeah. Hug and they still be like straight face. So. Their countenance will be changed from April's hugs. Oh, okay. Pray so. <laughs> this is the first one. That uh, and, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I'll go ahead. Like that it. and eat as much food as I can and never gain weight. Well, that's good. That's a real superpower. So you should have started with yeah. that one. That's the way. Oh. <laughs> um, for me, like, as you see, I have a bunch of superhero tattoos. I see, it's dope. Yes. Um, I'm a super nerd. I'm proud of it. Love superheroes. I always uh, tell people I will have super speed because I'm slow. Right? Oh, no. This is the part of the segment. So I'm giving, like, a nugget. So if you didn't, they didn't the next person I have on here that listens to this episode, they're not going to know the secret of this segment. Right? So when people tell you their favorite superpower and i recommend this for anybody going on a date trying to get to know somebody it tells you a lot about them right i so for me i want to be super fast because i'm slow in real life i got to work at it <laughs> you know it's rough right ever since i was young I was the slowest one i got flat feet like it's crazy i had to work oh. for everything in my life to be fast and that's my own little plight so i love the flash right and then like he can eat as much as he want and i gain weight too if you want to think about it he had a high metabolism that's true. So that, that's all encompassing. So you think of it like, like this. So you say, hey, uh, what's your favorite superpower? And she says, I want to be in, uh, invisible. That's the easy one. <laughs> that's not a superpower. The it is, it's just like, why, why does she want to be invisible? You dig deep. It's a light topic. That is deep. Or if they say, I want to have super strength, they feel weak in some areas. Mm -hmm. Or a lot of people uh, who, you, who think about, um, what is it? Like telekinesis, stuff with their mind. Like I want you tell a lot about you know what I'm saying. Like the critical thinkers, but they're also harsh on themselves. The whole science behind it, it's crazy. Anyway, that was that segment. So <laughs> I reached out. Uh, this is kind of give you people some context out there. I reached out because I was going through a podcast list. Obviously, we support all black businesses at this point from now on, right? Y'all listen to listen to that. But they don't give y'all no excuse to charge us more because y'all know we coming. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> no um reached out uh i don't think that anything that uh, i do is on mistake you know anything that happened in life is on mistake i feel like this is a genuine connection i'm glad we're able to like connect and collaborate because in the next month or so i'm gonna be on raw honey and it's gonna be raw as well um but i want to say i'm proud i'm gonna start off usually i say at the end like i'm proud right I think uh, we'll kind of transition to the conversation as well. The, the healing process is we have to congratulate people just for, you know, grinding it out, mm. being successful, hey. clear skin. You <laughs> because, child, <laughs> it wasn't always like this. Let me tell you. <laughs> so I'm, pr I'm proud of you as a, as a sister. I, I appreciate it. I'm proud of you for doing your thing as a woman in this world. 
you know, and speaking of like the, the current state of the time, and you, I mean, I looked at some chart, it was like white man, white woman, black man, black woman. So throughout history, one of the strongest, if not the strongest, you know, creature on earth, a black woman, you know, to support a, a fragile ego black man. I'll get off my high horse in a second, but I, I got to, I have to make sure because a lot of times we just, we feel like it has to be worn. Like you did something. No, you doing your thing. You obviously very successful, and it, 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 it should never get old, right? It should never get old for somebody appreciating you for what you do. Because your circle people, oh girl, you always doing something great. You always coming out with this and coming up. So, yeah. <laughs> congratulations. Yeah, so, uh, today. <laughs> how, how did you get into? Uh, well, how did you kind of get started in this whole social work like this from the beginning? Oh, gosh. Okay. So in the beginning, no, I'm kidding. God, um, right. <laughs> so, I mean, the, the idea of social work definitely came from my dad. He, um, I watched him go to school. Um, he went to school for social work okay. and I would go up to classes with him and everything. So I saw that firsthand um, and knew I loved helping people. Yeah. I just didn't know like it would expand in this way. So first I wanted to be a teacher. Um, and then I wanted to be a journalist because okay. I love to write. And then I wanted to be a lawyer because I love advocating for people. Okay. And so I'm just grateful that I've been in spaces where I've been able to mesh all of those together. Um, okay. And so originally I wanted to be a therapist. I went through, say, pretty decent, moderate to severe amount of trauma, uh, as yeah. a trauma especially like losing my mom and um, yeah. at a young age and everything. And so I wanted to help kids feel equipped to go through the things that I went through and not feel like they're in it alone. You know, I experienced mm -hmm. this at age five. And so the identity issues um, there, I lived in San Diego, which is not very diverse. Well, black diverse. Yeah. Um, and there was a kid that said, um, she, you can't play with us because you look like the concrete. We had like blacktop. Um, and she was like, You're uh, dark. play with us in the circle. And she would like push me in my chest and push me out the circle. Um, and I remember going home. Man. I didn't know what color was because I had a white grandpa. Um, I have mixed aunts. Like we didn't yeah. do color in my house. Like we knew we were black and we knew my grandma, but we didn't do this whole one is better than the other. Yeah. And so when I went home, I was just like, that's weird because us black and white people, we're cool in my house. So why? Just like a uh, mixed dish. You watch that show? Yes. Yeah. It's just so like that. Confusing. It, and, and that show actually just like really healed me in a lot of those areas. But I remember drawing up a bath and putting some bleach in the bath and sitting in it and hoping my black woman. Wow. Um, and my dad came in and he's like, what are you doing? Like, why does the bathroom smell like bleach? And I just remember crying and saying, I'm not good because I'm black. This girl told me I can't play with this her. This was at five? Five. Jesus. And so from Man. there, you know, thankfully my dad is a fighter. Yeah. <laughs> Literally and figuratively. And yeah. I learned to, I learned that, Identity is everything. Unfortunately, um, quickly had to learn what do I feel about how I am and what I look like mm -hmm. and how do I showcase that to the world and how do I survive based on how other people perceive me just because of my skin, just because of my ethnicity, just because of my gender, anything yeah. That's So from there, um, so you had that drive from dad, which is awesome. Um, let you know how important a parental figure is because mm -hmm. you, you want your superpower to be a hug <laughs> that is awesome <laughs> i'm gonna keep i'm gonna chime on that the whole time i know right um for me and this is kind of kind of like a back and forth i kind of want to do 
uh, for me, um, we didn't even find out like what I was mixed with because I'm mixed as well. Well, I guess like a 25%, whatever it is. But my dad, uh, and my brother, like kind of like, I'm begging my dad, but hey man, you need to get this done because you know, he didn't know his dad at all. Right. And so we found out that uh, his dad was white. And we 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 making bets like in my family like he gonna be poor. You see my I show you a picture of my dad later, curly. I mean smooth dude, smooth. Uh-huh. I mean he used Vitalis. Remember Vitalis? No. Right. Look it up. Y'all look okay. up Vitalis. So it's like it's just oil you put, but it's pretty much what white people use or like or coarse hair or whatever, okay. right? So it never really clicked. You know, mm-hmm. I thought about it one time. I said maybe white because I got sunburned real easy one time, but I was like, hmm, right. <laughs> um. That that's the thing too that, that struck a chord with me with mixes is because you don't get to really pick and choose. You black, right? And that's kind of been the education that we've been having to. I've been seeing that I've been having to convey to my white counterparts mm-hmm. that you I can't. There's no mix box, right? Like she was talking about. There's no you, know, you can put other if you want, um, but in the eyes of the of the culture, you're black. Right. And growing up, like. I was just, just telling my dad, I was talking to him about this uh, in high school. They used to call me, uh, I was real bright. Honestly, you see, I'm at the same clothes at that wall. Uh, <laughs> this is me with a tan in Texas. May, oh, this same. me in December. Texas yeah, tan. you get it. Um, <laughs> so everybody would just be like, man, you bright, this and the third. So like for me a little bit, I don't think it was that bad, but uh, I was kind of having like some identity issues because mm-hmm. I'm like, man, I'm like, I'm so bright. And I look at my, you know, look at my leg. I got the child. I can see my veins. Right. Mm-hmm. That would just chime on that. And so like I twisted it and made it like a thing. So like my, my senior jacket said light skin. Wow. And so like the freshman and the sophomore would be coming in. Oh, I heard about you. You light skin. I'm like, okay. Mm-hmm. But like earlier on, 19th grade, even earlier than that, it was something that I got bullied over. And it was mm-hmm. something that like, but I, I had to use my mouth instead of my, my fist because I was like 120 pounds, real skinny. <laughs> Yeah, you, yeah. You, hey, you made a wise choice. So I had to use my <laughs> words, right? And so I was like, I would just, I would get them back, right back. And so like then, if, even if I fought, it would be like, well, you just beat him up because he, he said something about your mom or whatever, right? You know, like it was, it, it was like a coping mechanism, like a shield I put up. It's probably why I'm talking now because it's, uh, it's something I always had to deal with. And so even now I'm seeing more people speak up about it. And I think it, um, that video, I seen that video. Yeah, the multi-generational uh, yeah. mm-hmm. trauma. Tell me what you think about that a little bit before we get down. What you think okay. about that video? Um, I love. I, I can talk, talk about generational trauma <laughs> all day. Um, like I said, that's my doctoral dissertation. So I'm Speak making it. um I'm making a sport-based curriculum for Black boys. Okay. Um, because what we don't realize is one, like we've endured this intergenerational trauma, this systemic thing that's happened literally since 1492 to the native bodies, um, and then passed on to slavery to our bodies. And so, um, physiologically, you know, neurologically and biologically, we are feeling and experiencing the, um, the trauma of our ancestors because it's within our DNA. Um, So the impulsive responses, um, the neurological composition, it's altered by the trauma that they've experienced. And so from conception, we are now traumatized. Um, In our DNA? In our DNA. Okay. Wow. Yeah, and it's scary. How does that work, work, though? Because, um, so... It, it's it's kind of like the brain is a beautiful thing of like yeah. you repeatedly do something over and over, it learns a behavior. And so when I've endured a trauma, if I know, 
if I do this and you jump and I do this enough times, your yeah. brain will start doing that. You'll jump when anybody's like, hey, and you'll jump. Yeah. Um, and so your brain has been tra- taught that. And so the, the trauma that our ancestors have endured, we have these, they have these responses within their system. And so since that's their biological composition, literally from conception that is passed down mm. to the, through their lineage. And if we don't do the work to liberate our bodies and to unlearn those responses and recognize where those responses come from, yeah. that's how it's passed on all the way to us that we are feeling those same impulses. We're like, I don't know why I get mad when someone cuts mm, me off. Okay. I don't know why I'm avoidant when I'm getting in relationships. That's because we have this neurological composition and these somatic responses, not only from all of our ancestors, that's exponential, like great grandma, grandma, mom, me, but then I'm dealing with my life and my somatic responses from my personal trauma. So it's just like piles of somatic responses that's within our DNA, within our biological composition. And so we have to work to liberate all those things, which is like a complete downhill slope, completely. (laughs) So... Is it like comparing DNA to like a, a black man and a white man? And oh, you can tell the difference? I, you know, and I think they're, the problem is that people aren't doing enough studies on that okay. or the studies that they're doing. Because they don't care. They're fo- Hello. They're focusing <laughs> more on evolutionary traits versus mm. like the perpetuation of trauma. The other hard part is most of these somatic responses are very hard to trace. Um, so women who, especially black women who, and I struggle with all this mm. literally currently, um, who are having reproductive issues, mm-hmm. who are having like elbow pains or knee pains, um, who are having weird cysts with no symptoms or that are symptomatic. Um, these things that are coming up, migraines, severe migraines, heart problems, um, there's it. usually no wow. link to it. And you'll go to the doctor over and over and they're like, what is going on? I don't even really see anything. And I've had two mentors that actually passed away from that. Um, what? And just a sudden heart attack, age 30. And that, that comes from the generational trauma. As well as current trauma of like, our bodies have just oh, numbed itself goodness. to those things. And that's why I'm so passionate about what mm, I do on my podcast. Yeah. Because, you know, I don't, I don't want to be just another wellness coach. I don't, and not to say that anyone else who's a wellness coach is just another wellness coach, but I don't, I'm not trying to like. They basic, you not. I got you. No. <laughs> like what I really am focusing on is yeah. like, hey, I know that you're struggling to fight. The reason that you're struggling is not because you're not trying. The reason you're struggling is because we have historical trauma living within us. Okay. And so, and it's going to be tough to liberate it. So you and deal with the, the current trauma and also recognizing the generational trauma when you're talking to somebody. So how, how do you break down those walls? of like you know i mean because they're, they're there with talking to you because even hey do me if you want hey whatever you ask me some questions i don't care i got stuff going on too Man. um <laughs> but my thing because i because i actually have a, uh i just got referred to a therapist because i wanted to go and i didn't know to go because of the military and i'm in a special duty assignment being a recruiter so i do like some secret squirrel stuff and went up the chain, you know, and I've come to find out, you know, everything is covered, it's great. But in the army, if you do something like that and it's known, uh, then it's like, it might hinder like your job and things like that. Like, How are you trying to do that? We had to do a psyche value even just to be a recruiter, wow. you know? Yeah, because because I, my own little rant, my own little rant on that, and I'm not gonna, I could talk about that all day. Cause what happens is you get a little 17 year old Johnny and he's, he's fresh, bright eyed, bushy tail as they say. 
he goes on, okay, I'm going to do this and be infantry. I'm going to do some cool, like starting coach. Da, 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 da. And I do all this work for him, you know, like all this stuff that's going on in his life. He, he broke a leg. I'm going to, uh, to Dale's Children Medical Center. I'm going everywhere just to get all this stuff for this kid. And in the last day, when it's time for him to go, my girlfriend don't want me to go. Or I, I changed my mind because a Call of Duty tournament is supposed to be next week. Like, bruh, you know? Anyway, that's just me. But they, they think it's military-based. And I said, well, no. Uh, I've actually had time. I think we talked about this before, too, to feel. That makes mm-hmm. sense. I, I had time to, um, since the COVID hit and everything, to just relax and kind of be like in my own head. Because I think a lot. Talk really fast. Might be a little ADD in there. I don't know. Never been diagnosed, right? <laughs> but no, uh, so many thoughts in my head. I said, I, I finally got a chance to calm down. And I, we were just kind of like pillow talking, me and my wife one night. And um, I was, we just started sounding like my family stuff and different issues and like work and everything. All of it just started pouring out. So I'm in like tears, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, and I have had other situations very similar to that. I said, you know, I might want to. I might want to talk to it. And the first thing I thought about was ne- not necessarily me, but it was like, I don't want to put that on my, my future kids. That's the thing. Which is why I think your work is so important. Like, I don't, because I, if it runs that deep, they're going to get some of Jay. That's, <laughs> that's, right? what, that's what happened. You know, that's the first thing I'm thinking about. And I, I hmm. used to be the type that was like, every time I saw a kid, I'm like, oh, my ovaries. Like, I want to have a kid. But then I'm, um, I've recognized that um, bringing kids into the world is a responsibility. It's not just a financial responsibility, yeah. but it's thinking about what trauma am I going to place upon them? You know, mm-hmm. and I'm not going to be perfect. There's never a time where I'm going to have, I'm just going to be a clean slate, but I do want to recognize what skills do I have to work with yeah. so that I can equip my children as well as liberating my own bias. Cause once I conceive that child, that's it. You know, they have my, they have my physiological yeah. composition. Yeah. You know, and I, I just, I want to liberate them as much as possible. And, you know, so going back to your question on like, what, I know, I get sidetracked. I apologize. No, I do it too. I, that's how I like, remember this question before we both get lost. Uh, but, you know, I, that's why I call the platform Raw Honey. Okay. You know, it'd be nice just to have the honey, of course, right? Yeah. But it's a raw process. It's, it's a really tough process. And I don't think people want to say that because, they were like, well, people don't want to do it. We don't like hard things. Um, they don't want to deal with that. Yeah, it just it doesn't. Well, that feel scab, good. right? It, oh, it's it's tough, <laughs> but it and what is what's more tough? And that's why I say like, um, so raw actually is an acronym. It stands for restoration, awareness, and knowing your why. Okay. Um, and so I do it in order because restoration is first looking back and seeing. What has happened to us? What has gone wrong? What is going on in our bodies? What's going on in our lives? Yeah. And, and seeing that this filtration of this kind of oppression that's especially in our bodies of color, it's financial, it's emotional, it's tearing up our families. It's, mm-hmm. system, it's systematic as far as like criminal and education and city and regional planning. Okay. Um, and so one, once we see where it is now we can't tackle all of them at the same time and i think that's yeah. a big frustration we have of like i feel like i'm being attacked from all circles so i'm going to punch everyone at the same time yeah. um and so awareness is that next piece of like okay i recognize what's going on what can i handle where do i fit in those places of what's going on how do i 
how do I respond to this situation? How am I triggered by this situation? How am I affected and impacted by this? Where can I put my foot in here? That's the awareness. And then learning that over time of like, am I, am I really shooting for success or if I'm, or am I overworking because I feel the imposter syndrome? Um, okay so so when do you say bs though you're talking to somebody and they're like well i can't do this or i can't do that and i don't want to because it's hard doing this so how yeah. do how do you how do you attack that that because that's 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 what kind of what sticks out to me is like if i'm going i'm not going to want to pull that scab so how do you transition somebody into like looking in the mirror so much empathy empathy okay. comes first you got yes yeah, um, that's, that's the superpower you got already <laughs> we first can't jump in and be like no you're wrong like Stop making excuses. I, mm-hmm. I think that's that tough. Again, this is one of the things. That's that toughness. And resiliency is important. Don't get me wrong. Resiliency is one of my favorite words. Um, but don't we can't confuse resiliency with tough. Um, okay. And I think the difference is resiliency is the grit. And like it's a, it's first resiliency is an awareness and acceptance of the situation. Yeah. And then learning how to stay strong after accepting what's actually happening. Toughness is just plowing through it and not giving detail yeah. to what is really going on. And so we first have to stop and empathize and say, you know what? It is so hard to leave that job when you know you don't like it to start your business. It is so mm. hard because I know your family is not going to really agree with it. And then you're going to be like, what about money? And then how I'm going to feed my kids? Yeah. I'll agree with this. What if it flops? You and know, then you I end know. up not doing it ever. Right, exactly. <clears throat> I, and, and say with them, I see where these things are. So how can we start speaking into these places just one step at a time mm-hmm. to make these a little less of a reality? You know, if you're fit, worried about money, okay, can you cut to part-time and maybe start working on your business five hours a week? You know, so make making that bargain with it. Yeah. Of if you're not ready to jump fully in, let's start with middle okay, ground. scares you? Yeah. And then let's just take one step. Okay. Just one. And then after that one step, you can be like, oh, five hours a week, I can do it. You know what? I think I can bump it up to 10. And then you get in your foot and 15 and 20. You're like, all of a sudden, you know what? I want to jump from my business because mm. I've been doing five hours a week anyway. And, and it's like you, you did that one step piece with yourself. And so, and then with that empathy, it makes you feel like you're seen, heard, and valued. It makes yeah. you feel like your emotions are, are valid. Um, and I think a lot of times we don't take that time to validate our emotions. So then we just ignore them altogether and keep doing what we're doing. You have a, that's great. That's actually pretty, that's, that's pretty great. Learning a lot here. Um, <laughs> for real. Um, have you ever seen Shark Tank? No. Oh, I actually auditioned for Shark Tank um, at a, no. But you've never okay. seen it? It was, it was real low key. I was at a black, I was at the Black Enterprise Conference. Okay. It was there. And I did a short pitch. At that time, I had no idea what pitching was, yeah. but I said, "Look, you're gonna just try." What's your run rate? How many have you sold? Like, yeah. I had none of that. I didn't even. <laughs> I barely knew what my business was at that time. That scares time. people, though. Yeah, that, that's kind of my example. So, I mean, naturally, I root for the black folks every time. I don't know if that's trauma or not, but I just do. I don't care. You want us to win because we. Yeah, we won't listen. <laughs> Oh, so they go on there, and I kind of want to use this example as well. Uh, go on Shark Tank, they do the whole little pitch, it's something funny, something crazy, whatever it is, right? And then they get down to, like, the numbers. Um, just little small, like, microaggressions that I see mm-hmm. on both sides, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because I was talking to a buddy of mine. Don't let me get sidetracked. Let me get right back to Shark Tank. I promise. 
Okay. He genuinely asked me, like, bro, what's going on? White dude, met him in a recruiting school, and he's like a chaplain's assistant, so he has a little faith background. Mm-hmm. So I guess that's what I guess what brought us together. Um, but he was like, bro, I don't get it. All my years, I've never seen uh, racism or anything like that in uh, military. So I explained it to him. I said, it's not real. It's not be like, come here, nigga. You're like, no, it's to be like, bro. It's like he grew that, that the leadership grew up seeing a black neighborhood be like bad at a ghetto, right? And so now they're placing that microaggression that's and they store it away in their head on you. Right. And, I, and so I told him, I said, my last unit, I was the only black dude out of 90, like 97 people. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I'm always having to deal with like, oh sorry coast, let me touch your way. Sorry coast. Let me uh what you think about this new song that came out? Just automatically assuming that I like even like rap music. Yeah, that's that's a common thing. We're like, don't put me no bubble. I don't even like little baby, right? I'm a cold guy, Jay Cole all day. No, so I was telling him all that. And so he he understood, but he still didn't understand. That makes sense. Mm-hmm, completely. Okay. And so then I, I thought about that and I was watching Shark Tank. And it's a lot of a lot of the microaggressions on there. Because what's Damon John? Don't trust him. Don't trust him. Damon John is like the only black dude on there. Okay, yes. Uh-huh. Ball head dude. Fubu. Fubu, mm-hmm. right? So I feel like um, I forgot what the dude's name is. Like you can tell, like the, the, the woman comes on there and she had like a, a hair care line or something like that. And she was on it. And it surprised the whole panel. You know, oh, they never surprised everybody else's on it on their numbers, right? And so even with the 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 black people that come, like they say, um, I'm not gonna cry. Because they always have like some emotional peace, like this happened in my life, this happened in my life. But the, the white folks bawling, everybody crying, the whole thing. But one dude, I was I was I stood up and clapped because he said, You wanna know what? Uh this happened. And you know that the producer, they'll tell you, uh me, they'll tell you to um tell your story they'll you know kind of prep them and stuff he, he said yeah that happened i'm here i'm here to do my uh my pitch it's cool i'm not gonna cry about it and he kept going Dang. so what so i thought about this for you so i'm asking you a question uh what do you think about what does that look like or how do you attack that because he's in this place of uh he has these you know the sharks there million dollar people billion dollar mark cuban everybody right but he feels like he can't even be emotional, whether it's for TV yeah. or not. Yeah. What do you um, do? I you think that is, that just doesn't just happen in that arena. It happens in so many arenas. Um, I actually had this conversation with my friend yesterday on what is professionalism in the black community yeah. um, and, and how, like, how does it register to white people? You know, so um, those microaggressions I've learned in research that subtle racism and subtle and microaggressions actually cause more severe PTSD, anxiety, and bipolar disorder than overt racism. I knew I was on to something. I you knew. were <laughs> like, and it's, it's statistical of like, and and the worst part is because you feel like you're crazy, and you're like, what, yes. y'all? You like you said, you got shocked that I came on here with this line. You know why? Why were you shocked? You know, like it, it's the subtle things that make you feel crazy. Mm-hmm. You're like, no, gaslighting, yeah. um, racial gaslighting. I've learned this term recently, you know, and you're just like, no, that's not what we're doing. Um, and so <laughs> what the, you know, the hardest part is, is we live in a white world where the system was created by these, I don't want to say these white people, but yes. Um, no tech, and no tech, for their no. own, you know, for, for <laughs> can, like 
upkeeping the financial structure and the systemic structures. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there are these certain ideologies of what professional looks like, what things look like, as well as what emotional expression looks like within the black community versus the white community. So here's a big example. Um, Botham Jean, mm-hmm. the, you know, his, his um, murderer, I can't even remember her name because I guess she's that irrelevant to me. Um, the one that in Dallas that walked up yeah. in his apartment and killed him. Um, you know, she was able to cry tears and, you know, just say, I'm just so sorry. I wish mm. that it was me in front of that gun. And of course, I mean, I probably said that maybe too. I don't know. We don't know if it's stage. We don't know if it's real. Either way, even if it was completely authentic. Yeah. The fact that we're like, oh, and even us as black people, we're kind of like, oh, and it's like, Oh, the judge goes and hugs her. But a black Yo. man that kills someone and he's hurting. He knows he can't see his kids anymore. He, same feeling. He mm-hmm. in his head, he knows, dang, I wish I did not do that. But he can't, he can't chuck any tears up because that's that's not what he was taught. Mm. That's not that's not his place of expression. And so he knows he has a downhill slope that he's about to have a life sentence. Yeah doing the same crime as someone else who were able to bust some tears. And so it's just unfortunate of those hidden biases that are in all these places. And especially in places like Shark Tank, where this is a big opportunity for a lot of people. And I think that's and this is no like shade to Shark Tank. I just think we have to be mindful of where our biases lie Mm -hmm. in everything that we do, because those subtle things can really make or break someone's view of success and and it's just again that's part of what i try to promote on the platform of i understand that there are going to be spaces in the world that's not going to complement your view of success and your view of your identity now you have to decide are you going to go along with that narrative to survive Mm -hmm. or are you going to adapt your own narrative to thrive listen bars (laughs) (laughs) i'm telling you i'm sorry i charge you y'all i say i say every episode every 10 minutes you're like (laughs) you gotta pay a dollar cash at me fam y'all getting free therapy right here man Uh, (laughs) that's my goal like my goal is that raw honey is such a lifestyle that i don't have to be doing this anymore in about Mm -hmm. 20 years i don't want to be sitting here trying to trying to talk about this because we're doing we're liberating ourselves um, and I want us to understand, I want it to be to that place where I'm not profiting off of helping people get everything that they deserve that's within them. Like, you know, mm-hmm. that's that's why the podcast is called Nectar because Nectar is raw honey. It is honey. It's yeah. just not produced yet. It hasn't gone through the process yet. Preach. All of Woo! us are raw honey. Girl. All of us are those things. But right now we're in our Nectar spaces mm. and we're waiting on the, or we're waiting to be picked up. We're waiting to be stung, picked up. Uh-huh. brought processed pruned through it to become that beautiful raw honey you know it's just trusting that process and allowing ourselves to come out of that flower yeah and go where we belong so another question they'll do on shark tank is they say what what makes your brand or your product proprietary mm. so and for, for one two second question in that is there is there anybody else like you in your space because it seems very like detailed and like specific and so, like, what makes you different? And how do you feel that you're different than any other person that's doing this? Um, you know, I can just, like, say my little statement. The say X it. factor of raw honey, <laughs> um, but it's fusing together artistic expression and therapeutic strategies. You know, okay. I'm really passionate about mental health and therapy. 
Um, but I recognize in our community, we ain't feeling that. Mm. And I also recognize, um, I hope the, you know, the boards don't hear this as I'm trying to get my clinical licensure, but <laughs> I recognize as much as I love my profession, I love being a social worker. I, I wear as proud as I do this Ohio State shirt. I really love <laughs> Roll being a tight. social worker. Right. Oh, oh gosh. Good book. <laughs> um, so as powerful as that is to me, I also know who have been, who invented the social work profession, those white women. Um, and, and I know that wow. it was a mindset of fixing people. Um, it was like, let's make these ethics, let's protect ourselves and let's fix these poor, sick people, mm. um, poor and sick, let's fix them. Um, and so, you know, time has transitioned and yeah. the has transitioned. It was mostly white women. Now it's mostly people of color who works in social work. Um, and so with that, it, I understand that bringing forth this type of therapeutic methodology to our community mm -hmm. doesn't always fit. It, it's not always, um, especially, you know, there are parts of the DSM that I would love to see more culturally inclusive. You know, um, I don't know if you watch Insecure, but... Yes, we need to get Molly to talk to you right now. Yes. Her, the whole, the whole show. The whole, then it ended terribly, in my Woo! opinion. I was stressed. Molly um, got issues anyway. Nobody, but yeah. anyway, think about Nathan <laughs> being bipolar. Well, I guess I'll just say being bipolar. That's yeah. But um, thinking about that, um, my friend and I were just like, "What does bipolar look like in black men? We don't know." Oh. And so we were thinking about. I've, I've had my girls that have quote unquote wow. bad attitudes. They don't have bad attitudes. They have anxiety disorder. Yo. And it comes off as this strong impulsivity. Um, and so this is stuff that ain't in the DSM yeah. that are behavioral struggles that people are going through every day, especially in black communities. Well, it's in the urban dictionary called a uh, mad black woman. That's what people say, a mad black man. And it's you're not getting so your way upsetting. Yeah. It's so upsetting that this, this impulsivity, this snarkiness, the starkiness is because they're anxious. Hmm. And it comes off as bossy controlling like all these other things and so i i would just love and so that's why i stepped back from the clinical aspect and and doing like okay let's all express our stories let's let's mm -hmm. all say what we've been through let's hear it out loud and then figure out what can we do step by step to liberate ourselves out of what society has taught us for so many years especially these cultural norms that we have yeah um, i just did a series called unpacking black mental health and we talked about these weird topics of emotional intelligence within the black community. Yeah. The things that we say that we normalize, but are actually really unhealthy. The things that we do, the things that are passed down in parenting, you know, the way that we treat our kids. Um, it, and it wasn't a way of shaming people. It was a way of awareness of like, yeah. dang, I don't know what else to do. So this is all I've been doing, but wow, it is really unhealthy. You're right. I don't know what to do. What do I do next? So what's a bad like ism that, you, just, you see people doing it every day that you feel like we should change because it's not conducive to a, a good lifestyle. Like, so, so, the, so the first episode, we talked about like how we blow a lot of things off in the black community. Like, mm -hmm. it's going to be okay. Um, just deal, you know, yeah, just deal with it. I'm going to cry about. Why are you crying? You know, so anything around showing emotion. Yeah. Anything around giving energy towards something that's happening. Um, we talked, there were some parenting ones we talked about. Um, oh, because I said so. Mm. not and and or that's some white people stuff and we want to communicate and sit down and have a discussion is that wrong to say child. i say all the time 
it, why, why is it why is that bad though i get i get like you talk white or you act white but why is it because i'm not finna be in no cave you know okay with the not bats. that but we're okay. talking about communication when we're talking about I need an I'm example. talking with my child. Okay, okay. Oh, why they acted up? Healthy, healthy acts, and you saying that's white yes. people stuff because you grew up a certain type of way. Okay. Right. And we oh, okay. Think, yeah, yeah, that's white people stuff. <laughs> Interesting. Oh no, yeah, the cave stuff. Yeah, yeah, no, that's some stuff I see on TV. I'm like, look at that. Because a lot of stereotypes are true. We go all ways. I'm just being we don't real. We all half that stuff. And I hate grape cold. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> I don't like Man. it. At all. <laughs> I don't even like water village for real. I'm a great man. I like plums, you know. Man, um, <laughs> you crazy. That, that's that's. That, well, go yeah. ahead. No, no. I was just say that's the things that we've normalized in our language so much, and we've made it so normal that yeah. like it's really hard to say. Well, what other what other thing am I gonna say? What other thing am I gonna do? And so we were giving tips on how to liberate yourself out of these cultural norms, you know mm-hmm. of of like wanting to be the bad girl. And even talking about, you know, so I'm starting a black male initiative of yeah, helping men on avoidant behavior and, and emotional, like showing and expressing emotion and what that looks like. Um, I would and, love to be a part of that. Oh, please do. Yes. It, it, I've learned, you know, I have a lot of close men in my life. I was raised by my dad. And yeah. something I've learned is we, not well literally but also metaphorically we cut men off before they can finish their story we we never fully hear a black man's story um but we we see their action we see you know the the promiscuous behavior the cheating behavior the whatever behavior the aggressive behavior and we're like see he's that he's a thug putting him in the box he's a player yeah but what we didn't listen to the rest of is like yo, I don't have good self-esteem for myself, so I sleep with a lot of people. Yeah. But I don't even know why. I literally know people that said, I don't even know why I sleep with this many people. I don't even really want to. I just started it, and I haven't stopped. Mm-hmm. I think a part of that, too, and we talked about this as well, um, is us being honest with each other as Black men about things that we know. Mm-hmm. So, like, um, even, like, on Instagram, like, I might send my picture of uh I used to send a picture rather of his girl look real good. Mm-hmm. Right. And he do the same thing every night. Oh, she bad. Yeah. Da, da, da. Mm-hmm. And so I hit a, I hit a wall one day. I was like, man, it's not really good for me. And I, I noticed it because when you look at a certain thing for so long on Instagram, on the explore page, it starts showing more what you see. Yes. So like when I was like, I got deep into waves, it was all waves. And I was looking up motorcycles, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It was all motorcycles. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it showed, it kind of, it was like a mirror to me of like, I gotta oh, calm down. Mm-hmm. Or like, I, I, I would be like on my phone and just scrolling through and a big old butt come out of nowhere and my wife right there. It's like, what you look, it's, it's weird, like, right? So now you hiding, now you at an angle, you know, trying to change your phone and stuff. I'm just like, oh, I gotta quit this. And so I was telling them, so like, the thing about it is, um, it's, it's, little, it's little subtle, it's subtle things. That people yes. say, like, especially in the church community, they're like, you just pray it away and you can, you know. That was one God, thing you can, on the list. <laughs> yeah. You can, <laughs> you can ask God to just renew your heart and he will. This is always my caveat, comma, but there's some human application that needs to be applied. 
It's like studying, like not studying for a test, and you're like, hey, God, let me get an A on this test. You ain't do nothing. God ain't just gonna put the answers in your head. And you've been you know? so confused why you got an F. <laughs> like, but y'all said to pray. Y'all said give it to me and my best friend talked about that. We said, what does give it to God even mean? Mm, and right. that's the thing. We, we keep saying stuff. Let God, God is handle good it. All yeah, time, yeah. All the time. God is good. You what think some mean? angel gonna come down and get him five thousand dollars? No, go look for another job, whatever. And God will provide that supernatural increase. Yes. Like, um, oh <laughs> gosh, I could talk on that forever and ever and ever. <laughs> no, so for me, it was just simple things that, but when I did it, I felt better, right? Mm-hmm. I felt, felt liberated, whatever words you want to put on it. So I was like, I got to tell my inner circle this, <laughs> you know? So I was good. like, bro, I was like, bro, um, you, you go through this too? And that, that's the thing that, that's the hardest like statement for guys. If it ain't football, basketball, 2K, you know, she fine, money, whatever. We won't get in our fields. And I'm going to talk to the person, but I don't, mm-mm, I'm good, right? And so I, I had to, like, kind of get myself out of the comfort zone. Hey, bro, question. <laughs> you know, right. do you find yourself scrolling? And going to, you know, he was like, yeah, bro. He was, I was just thinking about that, right? And so, like, we kind of, we had a really good conversation about it. And uh, he's going to know, I just double tapped. He's like, I just double tapped on some, uh, like, five minutes ago, you know? And I was like, bro, I was like, this cannot be a coincidence. And so... I was like, it's just simple things that we could do. So, like, obviously, watch your eye gates and your ear gates. And my mom always say, like, I don't watch scary movies because I dream every yeah. night and I will dream about it and it would be a nightmare. Mm-hmm. Um, for, for guys, uh, too, it's like a, it's a manly thing. Like, it's like I, I want to, you know, like that, that girl is my trophy. I conquered, you know, all about conquering. You read the Four Laws of Power, like Law of Seduction. Men have this innate desire to conquer. Even the Bible, like, it's how we were built, honestly. We right. have the ambition, like, spiritually, that's how we were built. But it's how we use it, right? And we always talk about the double-edged sword. So it's how to, um, in a healthy way, I guess, live and have a healthy marriage or have a healthy relationship, have a healthy friendship, you know, yeah. deal with the lust that comes, with, you know, in, in this world, right? Mm-hmm. So what, what do you say about that from a female's perspective? It's, go wherever you want to go. I know I said a lot, but like you've been exposed to that perversion, and it's really hard to because, like you said, it's so subtle that you don't realize how far you've gone until you yeah. get there, and you're like, "Oh my gosh, I'm looking at my explorer, and all these are butts," you know, yeah. like, um, and it's and you can you can serve any spirit that's like that. So for me, I was looking at women, but I was looking at women because. I didn't feel pretty in myself. And so mm. I was looking at what women men found attractive so I can judge myself against it and hopefully one day look like that, which there was no way I was going to. Right. Um, and so I was, I was serving this spirit of hating myself, of like not feeling enough, feeling inadequate, which are all lies from the enemy. There you go. Um, but it was just so subtle that I was saying I was, I was following them as inspiration when in reality I was following them as damage to my spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, in those situations where I think it's tougher for men, honestly, because there's a very strong culture around what manhood looks like. And so that's why I'm doing this project Yeah, because I want, I want us to understand what black men are taught. And I want us to understand that it's like black men don't just come out trying to be trash. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's still to this day. I would never say that black men are trash, but it's, yeah. 
it's this ideology of ta- that, that they're taught. You know, I have a friend of mine, I think I told you this on the call, I have a friend of mine who's working with male sexual assault. He was assaulted yeah. when he was nine or 10 and he told his uncle, his uncle said, was she fine? And he's like, yeah. I mean, yeah, she was cute. He's like, okay, then that's a good thing. Man. And that, and that, you know, you, you have this seed rooted that un, non-consensual sex is okay for me as a man, as long as she's fine. Like whether I want it or not, whether I'm in wow. a place or not, like I can numb myself and detach myself from having sex with a woman because in that experience, as long as she was fine, even though I wasn't comfortable with it, even though I still felt pleasure, but I still wasn't comfortable with it. Yeah. I could still detach from it because that's what happened the first moment, you know, and that mm-hmm. you you never know what those first few seeds feed you. And, and it's hard to go back and connect that because again, there's such a strong culture yeah. around this hypersexuality of black men. And I, everybody says this and they think it's a joke, but I always tell black men, like, honestly, I want to, I want to demonstrate respecting you, you know, mm. like, I'm not going to say these out of turn things to you because I want to demonstrate that type of respect to you. And I think a lot of people in society have put on black men of like, they've told them like, you don't need to respect your respect is, you know, respect is different to y'all. You know, it's like brotherhood respect versus respecting your body, <laughs> respecting your temple. Yeah. Like, well, that's an important thing too, because I'm respecting the marriage that you're going to walk into that you're going to struggle with because of the lust that you're dealing with. Now I'm respecting the business you're trying to build that if I mess up your financial literacy and understanding now, you're not going to be able to go into this place there. So I respect you like whole as a Mm -hmm. whole now of the things that you're endeavoring in the future, even if you don't fully understand that. And that's, that's the difficult thing is like society doesn't teach black men that you deserve that type of respect. Oh, it's the cycle too, because I think about, um, I always think about this situation, like if a guy treated this girl real bad, but she was mature about it. We we seen it a lot of times, and then he like, oh man, if I only if I, I would have just gave her a chance. Um, it's it's a cycle in relationships is real heavy as well because he he, he realized how good he had it because now he got another girl still treating him bad, like you said. But you 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 was mad. You whatever happened happened. But you still respecting him in that moment, and so I think there's a, a give and take um, from a female to a man both ways, like. Hey, we all we got. Like me and my wife had this thing, like, we all we got, because we out here far away from home. You know, mm-hmm. people ain't supporting, people ain't doing this, they want to come visit, whatever, right? I was like, hey, we all we got, dog. You know, and so like I take that mindset and try to implement it with everybody, not just black folks. Some people just don't get it. But like if you're not on that same wavelength with me, it's really hard for me to to do that with you. Right. And so that's why I say like that's your superpower empathy, is because I ain't got that. You got like two strikes, one strike with me. And so I think to to sum everything you just said up in that moment, it was like you, people need to have more empathy and just give, allow people more time to, to deal. Because, it, but it's hard though, from a man's perspective too, like to say, cause me and my wife have had, uh, we've had a lot of conversations, like because when we first got together, it was still like people texting me and ex-girls I used to just talk to like he was, you know, like disres- it was disrespectful to the relationship, but to me and the girl, we ain't doing nothing, we good, right? And so like, I, I almost started crying the other day because uh, Kirk Franklin, he was like, what happens is, because the guy asked him, why is sex, uh, why is premarital sex so bad? And uh, he said, what happens is, is Joey comes up, whatever, has sex with her, has sex with her, has sex with her. 
let's just say three people. She was mean. She was jealous. She was, you know, all that her spirit is a part of you. And then you get, you finally get with your woman and you got all that baggage. And that's on both sides, that's right? But you got all that baggage. You. Um, and no tag. I'll use myself as an example always because I don't care. Um, it happened to me a bunch of times because I mean, my wife, like I was her first, right? And I did not know how to comprehend that. Like I knew it was good. You know, mm-hmm. it's great for me. <laughs> you know, okay, cool, right? Um, but for me, the, from the things that I have experienced, I was putting that on her early on. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, why can't you do this? Or why da da da? You know? Mm-hmm. And so it's like, and she just said, like, hey, she said, I don't know. You know, she's like, you know, but and I'm not trying to like, you know, blast her out of nothing, but she she cool with it. But it's just like that was it was my own me though. That was my fault for being being out in these streets. The, being the promiscuous. And like that. That's also the, another little passion of mine, you know, like the 600 things I want to do is go. like sexual education in that realm of that, that dynamic is a very serious thing, you know. Uh, I had what, to relearn like, how to love my wife. Yes, without, the, <laughs> because lust is so strong and yeah. it, it, it's so, so, so strong that like when you're trying to love, lust comes out. And you're like, no, 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 love. And it's like, yeah, 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 lust. And they're like, no. Um, and so it, again, this whole somatic thing of like our body is taught when I really care about somebody, when I'm really feeling for somebody. Yeah. I've even had friendships that's turned out into like that of like, dang, like I, I really didn't actually want to have sex with you. Yeah. I just like really appreciated you. And all it could come out was sexual appreciation. Yeah. And so it, it, when you don't have that attachment, like, I don't know how it's expressed to you besides sex, like, because you never were taught anything else. Like, it goes back to the cycle of what were you taught? What is your emotional intelligence? Like, do you have a range of emotions to express? Or are you taught, like, hey, if you love her, banger, you know? And and that's, it's so unfortunate because I, I honestly think, and this is just such a bias, but I honestly think Black men, when they really open up, are way more expressive than Black women. We're way um, more emotional, way more sensitive. Y'all are so much more. Oh, oh y'all are yes. emotional, bro. Like, yes. good God. But I, <laughs> I think y'all have so, like, you're so more in. Mm-hmm. We're able to express it, but, like, it hits the core for you. And and so I, it hurts me to know that Black men are selling themselves short in those moments. Well, it's the society telling us, like, hey, I gave up my, my girls for you. And so you better be... And now I got to start, I got to start all over if this don't work, you know, like I had a whole little team on speed dial. Yeah. That, that's what it is. And so, it's, and then you look, you feel like you're looking crazy because you, you gave up like your heart and like you say, hey, I, I'm committing. It's, it takes people, I'm mean, I talking to the other day, it took them nine years to marry this girl. I'm just like, man, I, I guess, you know, but. It's, oh, I know, uh, oh I, I've known worse. <laughs> I mean, I've known people who also have said, like, I, you don't know how many times I've heard. I like you're a wife, so there's just no way I could be with you. I've told I've told a girl that before. Yeah, I, and I, I was just I was just gonna say your future husband gonna catch it, boy. You better be ready. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> no, I t- I was deep into it, you know, and um, I met this girl. She was in the Hill Exchange program from uh, what was it? Not Ghana, Nigeria. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. I already had it in my sights, you know. Psh, I'm gonna do it up. One of she said, okay, cool. 
she said, I can't, uh, I met her. It was all cool at this little party. She said, hey, I got to go to sleep early tonight. But I, I'll see you tomorrow. Uh, she said, I'm going to make you dinner. I was like, all right, bet. First day, let's go. Listen, okay. the, <laughs> first of all, she cook, nothing else. But for two, she laid a placemat. She told me to sit down. And I'm all like, I'm like, I'm like lit and everything. I'm, I'm just chilling. I'm in the zone. I'm just, hey, what's up? What we trying to do? She made it. She made like plantains, some like type of wild rice, beautiful meal. Mm-hmm. Um, she gave me Germex in the beginning. She did. She did. She put the Germex on my hands herself. Mm-hmm. She set it down. I ate. I ate. She made me eat everything on the plate. She said, "Now make sure you fed." That is good. Um, and then I was scared. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, you better kill me. <laughs> no, I, I was afraid. Like, for one, like, we, she just, we just met. Like, it was cool, but, like, it was still, like, early. Mm-hmm. And so, like, um, she did all the stuff for me. Then she cleaned the plate. She didn't sit down the whole time while I was eating. She, she gave me conversation. She looked me in my eye. And it was scared. Oh, my goodness. I was fearful for my life. And so then I got, we got done eating. Uh, she gave me some lotion. To, to, make, to make sure I was good. Just make sure, and she said, I don't have no calluses. And I was like, okay, cool. And I was every plan I had went out the window. Dang. I threw the condom away in the bathroom. I said, I'm not doing this. I was like, <laughs> yo, like it blew my mind. And so what guys and from a male perspective, they're not used to that, right? Because and I think I think we're kind of hardened like that because we're not, I guess, receiving it like that. And I told her, I was, I said, um, I can't, I said, you can't talk to me no more. I said. <laughs> But she she told me she said in her country that's that's how you know you learn how to serve not really serve but you learn how to to be a, a wife and be a mate help me right before you do anything else before you get a job right. whatever she said you get shunned if you didn't know how to treat a man right right Same. yeah um, that's what and, happened and so for me like I was deep into it. I was like well I knew that I said I ain't finna mess you up I said I'm gonna I said, I'm gonna mess your whole life up I said I don't even wanna do, but I was I was honest with her with her I think that's been my only saving grace through all of this uh besides God obviously is I talk too much so like I end up talking about my feelings anyway I'm like I don't care I'm I'm push you to the curb anyway whatever but yeah. like the, the girls would be my therapist that makes sense Damn. That's the part I wanted to hit as well. And you stop me whenever you want to, but I, I don't, you know, it's me. Oh, keep going. So, and we can talk about this on yours as well, too. Okay. <laughs> um, they, I, we would have sex. I would, you know, we would talk. And I'm like, I, what about my day? Bad stuff at work? It's like I mean, you got like, everything out. Like, no. It's pillow talk. Yeah. I met you two weeks ago. I'm telling you about my, my daddy issues. Yeah, because I need to get this out somewhere. And then you feel released. You're like, okay. And I know I'm not alone on that. I talk to other guys the same way. It's like, hey, I trust you now. We good. You you laying in my bed. You might have brought me some water after. Like, we good now. Like, you know, right. in this space. Yeah. That is toxic. <laughs> it's re- it, you know, and it's funny. I'm just so glad. Like, I just hope all the women of the world see you saying this because a lot of us are saying, like, we're not your therapist. Like, Yo. we love to assist you. We love to help you. We love to listen to your story. But where is that reciprocated? Where is it mm-hmm. come to the point where you're listening to me and you're pouring into me yeah. or you're reaching me like in a, in a soulful way that I just gave my body to you, you know, like, so that's just, that's, that's appreciative that you recognize, dang, yeah. like that's not okay. I mean, and it's, it's well, that's, natural, that's the right? thing. We're, I'm sorry, I mean, cause y'all, but I don't want to lose that thought. We're talking about the worst scenario of a person in, the, in this situation. Mm-hmm. I was raised in two person household. I was raised in a Christian background. I was, I had all these, these I guess, benefits that you, you know, we call it, but I still ended up doing that crazy stuff. 
Because at the end of the day, it's not about your accolades and their environment. It's about who you are and what you've done with your own emotional intelligence. Emotional intelligence doesn't have, doesn't have a bank, a bank account number. It doesn't have an occupation. It doesn't have, it really sometimes, I mean, we do have a skewed skin tone, but it's about how did you handle the things that happened in your life? How do you handle who you are? How do you view women? How do you view men? And how do you maneuver and operate in life? You know, I think of the Enneagram all the time. Uh, I don't know if you know the Enneagrams, like the nine personalities thing. No, I know what the Enneagram is. It's, you should try it. It's, it's really <laughs> cool. So uh, for anyone that does know the Enneagram, I'm a two, which is the helper. Um, okay. So all of the numbers are like a positive thing. Okay. But they also have their negative traits. And so thinking of like, how do I manipulate life? How do I, how do I survive? If I survive by opening opening up to people or making people open up to me and then dumping all my stuff on them and then feeling relieved. Like that's the, that's the place where empathy lies mm-hmm. or lack of empathy lies. Cause you're like, dang, I didn't even think, I didn't even ask them. Are you in a space to listen? I didn't, I, mm, I didn't that's ask so them. Mature. That is so mature. We don't, we don't care because if you have a whole thing of trash in your hand, you want to <laughs> get it out your hands. Like it's heavy. It's whatever. So you're like somebody, you literally see somebody's arms like this. You're like, great. Yes. Boom. And they're like, oh, I'm, oh, okay. Yeah. So it's like, it's unlearning. I got to read that book too, but Humble the Poet. You heard about the book called Unlearn? Mm-mm. I, I send it to you. Well, I show it to you books. rather. I might send it to you, whatever. I give books away all the time. Oh. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's, I got, I'm halfway through it. Actually, I started reading it, but um, we have to unlearn, like you said. And this is, this is what I'm saying. This is a conversation, right? It's not like a, this is like a legit, like therapist thing. That's how I'm taking it right now, right? And I'm trying to, I'm trying to be the voice, I guess, of the people of asking these questions. So I'm playing devil's advocate. So what if I can't afford it? What if, um, you know, all these excuses that come with it? Or what can I do now, per se, to unlearn a lot of these generational multi-generational things what do you recommend for that that's a good question um so something i just really started with was my daily routine okay like i didn't go to therapy for about six months before um i started like this whole journey um so you know the smallest things of just journaling Mm, um yeah yeah and and i say like if you don't like to write journal you can voice journal you can photography journal, like take pictures of your emotions. You can dance journal. Um, so mm-hmm. whatever, however you best express, as long as you're recording it mm-hmm. and you're keeping it consistent. Um, that's that's a really big way because that just brings awareness. Um, look at your social group. So I wrote an article about like the three levels of friends, your green, your yellow and red friends put those in those categories. Who are your green friends? Those are the people who are super duper close to you, super yeah. duper safe. Your green friends have to be reciprocated. So I can't be your green and you be my yellow. We have to both be <laughs> green. Okay. Um, you have your yellow friends who are pretty decently close, but um, not as deeply close, not like jump. I call them jump off the bridge for friends. That really ride or dies, yeah. All right, flat out. And then you have your red friends, which I call them the go to the club friends. Sometimes you want those people who are really fun to talk to, help you have a good time, help put a smile on your face, but you don't tell them deep things. You don't call them when really tough stuff. Put them in their space, yeah. But yes, but they they are fun people to be around and and lighthearted people to be around. Um, So 
cleaning out those lists and seeing, dang, am I calling somebody best friend who's a red? Mm-hmm. Why am I doing that? Oh yeah, I could talk about that all night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and, and thinking about why do I have people in these certain spaces and these certain avenues and how can I change that? How can I start looking for the friendships that I'm looking for? Am yeah. I, do I want a sensitive friendship, but I keep put, advertising myself as a non-sensitive person? Um, you know, so all that whole friendship thing can unpack wow. a lot of I have them. to re-listen to this like twice. I know. Man. It, it, it changed me. And it, it's, again, the thing about the raw honey process is you're going to grieve. And I, I can't wait to do a segment on grief because we do not talk about how complicated grief is. Mm-hmm. We can grieve our best friends, like losing our best friends. We can grieve like losing moments that have to do with the moment. I, I learned that, you know, that so when my mom passed away, I actually did not grieve my mom passing away until about 10 years out. Wow. I, what I would grieve is my dad and I relationship change. My grandma and I's relationship change. I was introduced to suicide. I was always said the girl with no mom. Like I had to grieve all of these extra oh things. <laughs> and then year 10, I was like, oh, my mom died. I can cry about just that right now. Yo. And and we don't we don't take accountability when we're struggling to get over things. We're not taking into thought that there's a lot of things in between. Like when I lose my best friend, that means I feel like I'm losing a part of myself because I used to travel with my best friend. So that means I either have to start traveling by myself or travel with someone else. Mm-hmm. And those memories, I have to grieve those memories. I have to grieve those times we had. I had to grieve the person that I was when I met them because they, I may not have been healthy then. Wow. And even though it was an un, oh, that's a big one. We can also grieve unhealthy things. Like what? So when we're, when I'm losing my addictive nature, I can, it's okay <laughs> for me to grieve Yo. and say, I'm really sad that I'm losing this horrible thing. Yes, me. Yes. I, no, I missed that. That's a, no, that's that real. I can attest to that. We make ourselves feel guilty for that because we're like, I shouldn't grieve something that should have been gone in the first place. It's like, yeah, because you're losing it. It's a part it of you. It was close to you. <laughs> yes, it was, it was an intimate part of you. Like yeah. my, my traumatic ways and, and the things that I used to do, the, the yeah. manipulative behavior and all that stuff, I grieved it because I was like, well, how mm. else do I operate? Like if, if I can't <laughs> do this and that to get what I want, Ooh, that's what else up. do I do? And, and, and grieving that I didn't have the tools and grieving that... Yeah. I was this type of person and grieving that I hurt this, 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 and this person I did not want to hurt, you know? It forces you to learn, though. It's, you know, it forces it you to pull off that scale. That's kind of like the undertone of this whole conversation is you have to get to a point to where, you, hey, put up a shut up, you know? For real. And you, with that, grace and patience and love is everything because the opposite of love is not hate. The opposite of love is fear, according to the Bible. Yep, and so... When we're not loving ourselves, we fear everything. We mm. fear who we are. We fear we fear who we're becoming, and we're we're not informed. When we're fearful, we're also not informed of the full context of the situation. And so when we come, when we confront ourselves of, gosh, I was a really toxic person when I was in that relationship. Coming mm. with love, like okay, but that's who I was, and I accept that. I recognize everything that has informed who I was, whether it's in my environment, whether it was mm. whatever it may be. And moving forward, this is who I'm going to become next. So what do you feel about um, 
on the relationship thing as well. I wrote that down. I ain't, ain't want to forget. So setting expectations um, for how you operate, right? Like you just said. What does that look like for all the people out there? Like I see all the time on Facebook, not from the male so much, but, I, you know, a lot from a lot of females, like, all men trash or this and the third, she never got in a situation and I gave you my all, all this stuff. So, like, the first thing I think about for me, and it's a good thing about being so candid, is I always kind of just be like, hey, this is me. Mm-hmm. This, you know, whether it's bad or it's good, like, this is what I'm doing right now. If you want to be part of it, cool. You know, and you know what I'm saying? Move on from there. So, in the healthy way, not the J way, <laughs> What, how do you let somebody know like where you're at? Even like, are you single? Yes. <laughs> so how do you let, how do you let the guy know this is the level I'm on without coming off like full bio? Bray, still struggling. Um, I mean, cause, I'm, cause I, think I think that's a really important question people need to hear. Cause they don't know how to, like you said, express th- themselves. This is what I've been through with, without just dumping it all on you. They don't know how to tactfully for lack of better words. Mm-hmm. Uh, let you know, hey, this is how I operate. Because they'll tell you about their kids. Hey, he, he, hey you gonna come to my life? You gotta take care of little Jimmy, right? Mm-hmm. They don't do it about their own emotional health. So how do you do that? I think the, the struggle that we said, all bro. have with that is <laughs> we whew, we don't see the person for the person. We see the person for, them, for their circumstances. Okay. And so when we see the person for their person, for that person, you don't have to tell me your story for me to embrace who you are in this mm-hmm. moment, in this time. Um, and I think even like with me having those conversations, I, I'm not a big dater. I never have been. I'm honestly like, Lord, just somebody who's in my circle. My just ass. Something like, just <laughs> pop up and then marry me the next day because, who dating is not my, that's not my ministry whatsoever. Uh, but in the the few dating moments I've had, um, I, I mean, I think there's a summary that we have of this is who I am. Mm-hmm. Um, these are the core things that have shaped who I am. Um, you know, this is what I do. This is what I'm passionate about. I think, you know, saying like what you're passionate about, saying where you come from, saying like what you're looking forward to in life, um, and where you are in life, mm-hmm. I think those are like four big hitters that you don't have to go too far into. Yeah, I got a record, and mm-hmm. I actually just got out of prison two months ago. And you know, you don't you don't have. And again, no hit to anybody who got a record. I don't mind people who got a record but you at still all. Gotta so, let them know, yeah. <laughs> hey, just shoot. Just are we in a drive by? Are you like are you moving bricks? Just let me know. Yeah. <laughs> But you never know who could be down for whatever you got going on. So you are you owe it to that person to let them know. And I, I think it's I think it's just it's feeling each other's vibe. I think that's something I'll keep going back to this empathy, but that's what empathy th- does. Is yeah. it, it helps me to fill you out to fill out where can I go with this and and keep kind of playing that dance together, you know, versus mm-hmm. I've had a dumper, which is literally like first time yeah i just really hate dating people honestly because they just do this this and that yeah this girl i talked to she did this this girl i talked to literally i just had the phone here like this wow and so it's unfortunate that um we're not able to read those cues and and vibe of like okay let me let me just it's a dance and i love maybe because i like to dance but it's like dancing together you can't just take the lead and like 
charge somebody across the Step floor. Step on foot and my toe. So like, yeah. Man, every time I just boom, like, <laughs> what the hell on? We gotta, we gotta move together. Like, hey, okay, okay we feeling the vibe. And I, it's very true because the people I'm actually the closest to are people I can dance with well. And okay, I, I so dumb question. Obviously, you want them to be whole. Mm-hmm. You're not into fixing people if you see trauma. I'm sure you can see it from a mile away. Okay, right. That's and, made but, a superpower I already got. Is this I see, is discernment. I see, I see the people's flaws, like in the first five minutes, but I also uh-huh. see that gem within them, like in the sixth minute. Okay. Wow. That's scary. That is crazy. It's, yeah. it's, he gonna have to. He gonna hard. have to be Superman. That's what's up. I love it. No, you gonna be all right. You cool. <laughs> <laughs> um. What was I about to say? It's not a good thing because then I attract. That's the men I attract. That, so, that that's the thing you you're right flaws, but no issues. one else will because they feel their healing empathy spirit from you yeah, yeah. oh it's they smell it <laughs> so, so what's the level of so everybody has like something they can tolerate i say it's not that you're looking for that perfect person but it's all about what you're willing to tolerate in their relationship like my wife could tolerate me talking all the time right you know i could tolerate her being quiet all the time we just we mesh right but what how does that look from um, what you're willing to deal with, because I think I'll have people say, well, you got a nice job, you got a nice sis, nice dad, well, she got this going on, but she crazy, or she got anger issues. And, like, how, how does it look as far as, like, what am I willing to deal with? I think just managing what's the impact of it. So kind of, oh, what is, um, I can't think of the term, but there is a term for, like, um, deal breakers. And, you know, I guess, yeah, like, red flags. What, are those, yeah. what are those that are, like, if she's crazy and it's causing damage in our relationship, it's mm-hmm. at, it's like intentionally showing that she does not trust me. She does not respect me. I don't want to say, oh, she fine. She bad. She's smart. She's intelligent. She's Christian, but she's crazy. And this is causing me self-harm of thinking mm-hmm. like, I'm not doing enough. Um, and I, and I don't have the respect and connection with her. That's too big of a deal breaker. That's, that's too big of a thing versus, okay, you know what? My husband's a great person. Um, he's, he has a great job. He has a good heart. He's yeah. active, Christian, but he don't know how to shut up. That's okay. Like <laughs> I, we can, we can manage that. That's a low threshold. It's yeah. not, it's not affecting my, my health unless he talks over me and, and makes me feel like, you know, I'm belittled or something mm-hmm. and we have that conversation. But yeah. I think just figuring out what threshold for those things so that I don't, I, I hate the term. I think it's from uh, why did I get married to when he yeah. was like, you didn't love me. You just tolerated me. And Ooh. I, and I don't want to ever be in a situation where I'm tolerated of like, Oh, you know, she just goes off randomly, but it's okay. Like I deal with it. Like I, I don't want my, my spouse, my partner or anything to deal with something that causes them to shut down, to avoid, to disconnect, yeah. uh, to not communicate because that's not healthy for them and that's not healthy for our relationship. And I don't want you to be, a co- I'm going to do a podcast on loyalty versus love. I don't want you to Damn. ride along with me and be loyal to me being toxic to us because our car is going to break down. Mm-hmm. If you want to ride around with me putting brown sugar <laughs> in our gas tank, <laughs> but you saying for the faithfulness of riding along, Bro, we're gonna blow up together. That that, That's that not you good. Would, you you will be surprised. I'm sure you've seen it to where people just like to make you worry. We're not even talking about like ties, like children or time. Or, or people say we've been together for so long. It's just 
they 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 scared to try again. We've been here for four or five years. I'm gonna waste all that time. Like, pull the bandaid off. That, that might be the title of this podcast. Pull the bandaid or pull the scab. When you or said no. it, I was just like, because <laughs> oh, oh, it, it hurts. It hurts, and and you have to look at the wound. You have to look. You can't Ooh. hide anymore. You have to look at how disgusting it's been. Let the air hit it. Let it heal. Oh, but yeah. Man, <laughs> like it's 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 just a lot, but it needs to happen because I like that. We continue to put ourselves in situations that we know doesn't make us happy, um, but yet we make excuses for the situations that will make us happy, and that's so weird. That's so dope. backwards. Cool like you know the serenity prayer of like accept the things I cannot change and mm-hmm. then change the things I can. We do the opposite. We try to change things that we can't change, like changing this man from being more expressive in this certain way or changing this woman from how she performs sexually. We're trying to change something that may not be able to be changed in that way, but yet we could have just changed by getting out the relationship. I think when people do that, I was talking to one of my old heads I talked to. Mm -hmm. I said, he he said the same thing. Well, similar to what she said, when people try to change things they can't change, they need to change themselves. Cause that was, that, that hit me hard. And I was like, man, because I'm, I'm always trying to just make sure this is good. This is good. Even like right now, like I adjusted my phone like three or four different times. I'm just hmm, right there. Uh, I actually like messed up a relationship like that because it was going too well. I'm like, mm, you know, and I was trying to fix stuff that wasn't even broke. Mm-hmm. Yep. She cool. Now. She married. She chill. What's up? Right. Guys? Everything you know, good. You know, she is. She listening. No. That's real. <laughs> but yeah, for, for me, like it's been a lot of that. And so like, that's the whole point of no tech, right? So People might hear this. My wife might hear this and feel some type of way, right? I don't care because it's, we we deserve like to have these conversations. We, we owe it to ourselves. What I mean to say to have these conversations. This is so rare. This is rare air, right? And yeah. so it's not. I'm not trying to be rude or mean or whatever, but it's just like if only on that first date you could just say, "Hey, I deal with this." I, you know what I'm saying? You know how people take the truth serum or something; it just all come out. Let yeah. me know up front. Ask the hard questions. Yeah. But some people, not, early. some people don't want that intimacy. Like that's that's the other struggle. Is like people see that as like being too intimate. And I even had this conversation when I talked to um, we had our discussion about parenting, yeah. and we we're talking about like having that con- that intimate conversation with your kids about it's uncomfortable you know, them. They're like, yeah, I don't want to be that intimate with my kid. If you don't want to be that intimate with your kid, imagine, I mean, I know people who are married that are not intimate. Mm. Married and not intimate. They don't know their partner. They don't deep, they're not deeply vulnerable with their partner. And there's a big difference. And, I'm, and again, we're able to maneuver and finesse out of being intimate by using a lot of sex or by using a lot of gifts or by using a lot of smoothness. And- oh, over using the love language, they say. <laughs> Just using them things. Receiving uh, gifts, receiving gifts, receiving gifts. Yeah. Ask service, all the house, clean the house, clean the car, clean clothes, all that yeah. stuff. But am I being vulnerable? Am I letting you know in the moment when I'm scared, when I'm afraid? You know, like that's the that's that's, that's why your work is so important, is because people need to understand that it's okay. Yeah. If it's I had hard. to, you know, it, it is extremely hard, but only hard, like you said, because this is generational. Yeah. This is something that we, we deal with. The, the, the dad doesn't want to be close to his son like that because he might feel like the son gonna grow up gay. I don't want to be too sensitive, you know. We, that's a, can that's we for do you. A that's for you. Right no, we saving all that for your podcast. Hey. Oh Jesus! <laughs> you know, oh, and so cool. don't you know the whole thing? But um, 
you're you doing God's work for sure. You, you really, you are. I've heard, I mean, not to give like light to negativity, but there have been like negative things that's been said. And honestly, you, you some, it sometimes seeps in mm-hmm. of like, am I too broken to do this? Am mm-hmm. I not good enough? And God is like, so I, I've just recognized to step in um, this time and everything I'm saying here again, it's not to, I'm not, I mean, I, th- I believe we are all an expert on our own lives. We literally Great. are. Um, and so I'm not saying this in the place I have it together. I still like to this day struggle with vulnerability a lot. I struggle with liberating myself from these societal norms of what I feel about me, what I feel about black men, mm-hmm. like, I've, I've had to stop myself from thinking like, oh, look at him. He looking like a thug. I'm like, see, that's that internalized white ideology. You know, like yeah. I'm going through this day by day. And so I'm saying this from a place of humility of I get it. I've been in that place where people told me, April, you are not happy this job. You're going to pass out this job. Mm. And I've made excuses of staying there. And I excuses, you know, they really are bridges Monuments to nothingness. Nothing, but yeah. hello, but <laughs> okay, they, <laughs> they also in that somatic space are so real. They yeah. feel real. Um, and so now we're stepping out of that place of like, not just shutting them down, but saying, okay, what's one thing we can do to make it feel less real? Bars. I'm going to find some type of post-editing sound. Every time you say a bar, it's going to be like DJ Clue. Beep, 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 something. I don't know. <laughs> um, I was going to do that in my podcast, but that's too much work. Yours is really <laughs> intimate, right? Your, it's you, but you know, yours is very intimate. I, I, I feel like you got like a, a, a candle lit or something. When I'm listening to it. would be like, in the daytime. <laughs> it's, it's like, it just be a normal day in paradise. I feel Honestly, like you got a nice weird. little. People say that. Yeah. And like, you have this, like, the, the voice and the vibe and the, the things you're mm. talking about. I said, well, I'd be on my couch. I have potato <laughs> chips. Like, it's. Yeah, that's the vibe. telling my story. Like, this is. And it's not for me to have all this glory or anything. I just really want to share, like, for someone to not feel alone. Like, yeah. I don't, if people put me on this pedestal all the time of like, oh my gosh, you look so perfect. You look so together. Not even perfect, but like you look together. And I'm That's like- That's just what you see on Facebook. Yeah. Like <laughs> it's the journey. And I want you to know my journey so that you can see that you can do it too. You know, when I was a professor mm-hmm. at age 23 and I didn't tell my students I was that I was 23 until the talk end of the talk. class. Yep. But they knew my story. They knew all about my depression and everything else. Um, but I told them, I said, I, I, wanted, you, I wanted you to see me first. And I wanted you to tell you my age so that you don't feel like, dang, I can never be a professor. You know, like mm-hmm. seeing my babies, they're getting their masters and doing this, this, that, and the third. I'm just like, that's, I wanted y'all to see living in color that you can do this too, that I am you, you are me, yeah. we can do this. And that, and that's the only reason I share my story is like, I want people to be like, dang, she went through that. She's been through that. She's saying this, even though she looks, wow. Okay. I'm not far off because mm-hmm. none of us are far off. None of us. Yo, that's what's up. This is awesome. This is great. <laughs> it I is. See, I knew it. I knew I knew it was going to be cool. Uh, Man, God is good. For all real. the time. Right. Man, here we go. <laughs> yeah. um, let's lighten it up. Okay. All right. Let's lighten it up. We, we, no, learning too much about Jay today, anyway. Okay. Uh, <laughs> the 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 company you came out with, tell us about the this holistic health healthcare product. What is it called? 
So all so the down. whole platform is holistic wellness altogether. This is your um, brand, yeah, the whole, the whole right. concept. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to focus primarily on using life coaching and wellness coaching strategies. So mm-hmm. I'm also Gallup Strength certified. So using the strengths profile of like, let's not focus on what's wrong with you. Let's focus on what you do great and make that excellent. Okay. Um, it, it's a it's an approach that we don't talk about. You know, I I talk about in all the jobs I've been in. I said feedback. And critique is also positive. Mm-hmm. Don't say, if I don't say anything, that means everything's good. That is not feedback. Because right. if I don't do that thing next time, guess what? It's going to be a critique. Yeah. So um, I'm trying to teach people into going into, not thinking of how to get out of the red, but how to go into the green. Um, and, and thinking of, okay, what are my top talents and strengths that I do great innately mm-hmm. no matter what? And how can I use what I already have, what's already innately within me, to be even greater? Um, and so I do that with like life coaching, especially with artists, yeah. um, with like entrepreneurs. Um, I call them dreamers, but that's really anyone who has a dream or who has kind of something they really want to cultivate um, and liberate and transform out of. Um, and then I was like, okay, I love to write. So mm-hmm. I started a blog. I just haven't been working on it lately because i tried it couldn't do it uh, couldn't man do it. it's a lot to keep up with it took me a while um, to get here i'm telling you it took me a while to start the <laughs> podcast i literally just yeah. started the podcast a uh, last month and yeah. i've been talking about this podcast since 2017 so i was supposed to start this last year sure was. i think all of us are like that who have podcasts are like this well, i need i needed an outlet because i tried drawing i tried youtube i made some funny videos by the way i should send you some they old but yes please cool. do youtube <laughs> <laughs> um, I try all these avenues. I say, you want to know what? I just need a mic. I need to sit down and run my mouth a little bit. Because I tell people all the time in recruiting, like, it's the best job I've ever had because I get I get paid to talk to people. That's and to kind of have that human connection. And so there's an art form. That's that's why, and that's the whole thing I talked about purpose last week. There's an art form to talking that I didn't even know that I had, or that skill set, because of my whole life running my mouth. But just kind of feeling people social cues, I mean, facial cues, social cues, things like that, and just how to direct, even like to direct the conversation to where you wanted to go organically and not sound like a robot, you know. Um, Especially even working at the call center, that crazy job. I actually worked at two and just building rapport over the phone, which is super hard, you know. Um, You're doing a lot. Like I said, I'm proud of you. I'm not going to stop. I'm good. No, oh, the product line. I didn't finish, but oh, so yeah. I'm also releasing a product line on Friday on Juneteenth. It's called Mahog Honey by B. That's what it was. That's what I was thinking. Yes. Okay, mm-hmm. so, what, kind, so of, what kind of products? In addition to like this holistic practice of expressing yourself and liberating your emotional intelligence and all those things, um, I went through a lot of physical health challenges, which is what I talked about in my most recent podcast. And mm-hmm. so I started. I just started switching out a lot of my products in the house. A lot of people around me like don't use chemicals. And so I'm like, okay, I'll try, you know? Um, And I didn't know that it was going to change my physical health that much. Uh, You know, just like the essential oils that I use every day on my body, the things that I use on my hair, how much healthier my hair is, Mm -hmm. how much healthier my skin is. You're talking about the skin glow. It's because I switched out of chemicals and started making my own products. And so- I decided to give it to a couple of people and some of my friends and they were like, girl, if you don't sell this and along with this, so the original, the original um, blueprint of this line was actually for black men body care line. And I think that's how it's going to extend moving forward. Mm-hmm. But I just had a lot of conversation with a lot of men. It's like, 
needed skincare help, needed hair regimen help. And I was able to like really help them. And they're yeah. like, why don't you do this for a living? Like, why don't you, you know, go on play, go places and teach people how to take care of their skin, teach black men how to take care of their skin and take care of their health. Like they're going to listen to you. They're going to, they're going to feel that for you. They're going to buy It's going to feel you. better coming from a woman too. Really? Yeah. I, all my, I my, my past two opposite. barbers have been females. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? I get the guy, you know, it's cool. But like, and it's just something about a woman cutting your hair. Something about, you know, you receive it better. That could be yeah. a toxic thing too. Yes. When, guys love, God, God, they would take instruction way quicker from a female. If it's brought to you, like you do it. You know, now don't yell at me. You know what I'm saying? way of like, look, I care about, this is not just about how good you look. This is like how good you feel and how yeah. you're taking care of yourself. And so I know there's a lot of people that's like, dang, I can't find the products that you're talking about. And so I'm like, got you. I'll make yeah. them listen to you. So I had to do the same thing for my hair. Cause like, usually you just, you just wash it into like, I used to even used to, uh, what's that stuff? Head and shoulders. Cause I didn't know no better. Right. For my hair, I had like dandruff and stuff. But like when I started getting waves, I learned about this whole new thing of hair health down to the, the biosyn or whatever. Right. You know, yeah. just water consumption, sleep, all, the whole thing. And now like, I got the healthiest hair. No, I know, exactly. Sleeping on satin pillows. Yeah. That's what's up. I, hey, I want to buy something. You what send me the link. Flash whenever. sale on Friday. Yes. Um, what do you think I need, though? Like, what's what's kind of products? Like, I mean, so, you know, you can really hook your wife up with some hair regimen and some deep conditioner. Um, we have a next butter, week. which is the body butter. Um, I'm, actually, I'm bad on smells, though. You got to make something like hyperallergenic because we, we tied free and gentle everything. Oh no, no, I, no I, smells. I don't again, no chemicals. We're we're all okay. natural, everything. Um my homeboy actually used it during the protest down here and he was like, I only used it on my arms and my arms didn't burn, but my legs burned. And like, I I learned so much more, and that's the fun thing about it, is like I don't I don't even pretend like I'm this like super duper guru on this. You got I'm it, going, you somebody are somebody called me today <laughs> using the hair regimen, and she said, girl. My dandruff is gone. I said, what? I didn't even know. Like, Doing God's it, work. You heard it here first. <laughs> man, like, it, it, it's a black. I kept just tearing up because I was like, Lord, you asked me to put together this product, and I thought it did this, and you had plans for it to do this. Like, and that that is just, I'm just grateful for this position. And again, and I, I put a post today of, like, it's not about profit and trying to be yet another entrepreneur, yet mm. another sell product. It's I really want people to feel like they're in control of their lives and they're in control of their holistic wellness journey. Like I want all of us to really feel confident that we can liberate and be healthy because we deserve that. See, that's why I want hook, you know, so let me, let me finish explaining the hub. The hub no, is not yeah. just for like, for like happiness and joy, but I wish I could hug police officers and make racism. Okay. I wish that, I could. Yeah, me too. <laughs> people who are homophobic and stop hating the LGBTQ community. Yeah. Like, I wish I could hug administrators and stop being biased in the education system. You know, like I, I wish I had this hug of healing that. Well, you do. You do. We could see the, we could see the recognition of love and and get yeah. rid of fear. Like I said, that the opposite of fear is love, and so I wish we could erase that fear that's within us, whether it's fear of our institutions going broke or fear of black bodies, or fear of people of color filtrating the nice neighborhoods, whatever it is, I, I wish that hug could yeah. dismantle that fear 
so well, that we can all see the value in each other. That's why it takes more conversations like this is because to, to, to heal, right. You know, it takes that. And so you, it, but it takes it for us too. Yeah. So just like I can say, I'm proud of you. Congratulations, whatever. Right. You need to be fed as well. Cause you out here hugging everybody. Ain't nobody hugging you. Right. That's something I'm that's working a, on. That's, that's the same. I mean, you got, I'm sure you got your circling people and everything like that, but it's I like, them. that's all. <laughs> right that, they, that's, they that's usually the problem i won't ask for no hug they shouldn't yeah you shouldn't have to ask just do it and so that's important as well is, is having people in your space to feed you i, I listen to amanda uh seals podcast a lot and she always you know talk about which is our last question for the segment your peace right um how do you maintain your peace and you know how do you allow allow people to you know be that be that green friend in your life and so i think we pretty much touched that <laughs> a lot um but it, this has been very eye-opening for me i know i want to take up too much of your time today um but we gave part two coming i see I, man <laughs> i'm ready I'm, I'm just grateful i'm so grateful for you and i think yeah. you know this is my piece this is mm-hmm. you know sharing my story hearing the stories of others connecting with others um you know just experiencing the alignment of god through everything like that's that's literally all the peace. And even with all the distress in the world, I was still able to find peace in knowing that there, there is something I can do that is aligned with God's greater plan that will make mm-hmm. an impact on earth. And it may you not are. be okay. And that may make me sad that it can't be in the way that I want to today, but it can be in another way that's way bigger than my eyes and heart can ever see or imagine. I gotta find that bars. <laughs> I'm gonna do it. I'm you telling you. Do it, please. I'm I gotta do hear it, it all. I'm, yeah, I'm sending it to you. Um, <laughs> so, last segment of No Tech Talk is, of course, the scripture. This is a scripture that I it hurt to get rid of because every time I, I use one, I can't use it again. And I love this scripture. So, like just like the other podcasts you might have heard, this is a scripture tailored for you. Okay. No one will ever get this scripture. I love this. No okay. one has ever gotten this scripture. This is beautiful. And um, this is something that, you know, I, I pray about. I pray before I start and I, I pray on the scripture that I get. And um, I feel that it's, it's a time. What's this scripture? Other way? It's, a, it's a scripture for you in your particular season. Mm-hmm. And it's not ironic that we talked about it. But anyway, I'll get to it in a second. So anyway, I'll explain it. Okay. I'll give you time to, to ponder. Okay. Uh, it's Isaiah 6 and 8. This is a very famous scripture because it was also in the movie Fury. You remember that tank movie with Brad Pitt? The war I movie? Don't think I've oh, watched it was it, so good. It was about. so good. So I'll, I'll set the scene. Now, I won't take too much time. They're about to die. Okay. <laughs> They're in the tank. And uh, you had this, uh, the Shia LaBeouf, he was like the preacher of the tank, you know, scripture man. This, so he kind of he, he uh, set the scene or whatever. They're about to die. You know, it, you know, you know how it is. You about to die. The music playing. Everybody's scared. They trying to tough through it. They yeah. drinking. The feels. You in there? And the enemy's coming down the hill. They got like three three rounds left in their gun. It's just tragic. Uh huh. So he says, uh, "This is Isaiah's commission from the Lord," because Isaiah was one of the prophets. I think pretty sure it was Isaiah. He was the only one that actually saw um, his his um, what's the thing. He's the only saw his prophecy come to light. All the other ones in the Old Testament never saw it. But he's the only one that actually saw what God gave to him in the vision. Anyway, so it says, and I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send? 
and who will go with us? Then I said, here I am, send me. Savage drops Mike, woo! So that's what he said in the tank. So he- you, know, you, 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 ready, you ready for this irony? Oh, I'm gonna start crying. Go ahead. Somebody else, uh, and I cannot remember who it was, that's just bothered me. Mm-hmm. But I remember when I quit my job in December to start my business full time, they said, this, this scripture will always remind me of you. And it was Isaiah 6, 8. And it I, I couldn't remember the reference. And so I'm grateful to God that he's brought that reference to me. But they said, you're that person that's always like, God's like, who am I sin? And you're like, me. Send me, you know, Lord. He, he could push you, of course, but you always stood up to, to do, oh, you got, Woo! I'm about to start crying. I'm a thug. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yo, so that's why I didn't want to get rid of that too easy. But I was like, man, I feel it, you know. Um, but for me... And I, I'm not sure if I'm always the one to raise my hand, but I just, I feel like a, um, a pull, like on my spirit and my heart. And I think a lot of times we, we feel it. You ain't got to be in the church. You, you could be an atheist with the Bible, but the, I think God still pulls on you. You yeah. might think it's your okay. conscience. You might think it's a, a rock or something that you bought, you know, whatever people believe in, you know, but no, it's God, it's God pulling. And so you have to just take that stand. And so and just like in the movie, they ain't care. They got mm-hmm. themselves together. They got a little lit. Smoked that last cigarette. Send me, Lord. Right. I'm justified. <laughs> you know, it was this guy I think named uh, not Aaron, but he started with an A. But he was right in front of the uh, the judge, and it was killing killing Christians. Mm-hmm. And he had us like maybe like six verses, a real, real small story, but it was like the most savage thing I ever read. He walked up to the judge, and they was killing Christians, like they was judging him. And he said, "Hey, I love the Lord. You can stone me right now, judge." Told, told him point blank. Now, everybody else can say it, but it was like dramatized, but it's just like, just to have that stone cold, you know, resolution in you, like, mm, send mm-hmm. me. And so don't, don't lose that. Don't, don't lose it. Let yeah. this be confirmation for you to, to be sent and to, to go hard. So you want, you want to say anything about that? Or are you good? You said it all. Like, um, <laughs> it's a hard thing to step into, yeah. you know, like it, um, I've been listening to a lot of Kendrick Lamar lately, like going back to his old albums mm-hmm. of like, you know, him deeming himself as a prophet. And um, it's really hard for me to step in and say, Lord, you really, me? Like, bruh, what? Like you, nah, 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 nah. Like, and my friends, oh, I'm saying this in the most humble way. I really am. And my friend um, said that someone asked her, like, she wants to follow the next Oprah. She's like, bet, follow April. Mm. And I was just like, so many people said this like so many times, like, are you next Oprah? And I'm like, where are y'all getting this from? Like, I'm I'm real regular, like I'm real, I'm real basic, everything. But God is like, don't water down who I've made you to be. Don't water down my work that I put into you. Mm. Don't don't try to hide that down. And and it's so hard for me to say, Lord, I'm representing you. Like the messed up, broken, all this other stuff of me, I'm representing you. Like, God. Mm. Yeah. And then for me to even want to step say, hey, I'll do it. Like, you know, that, that it's. The band aid and do it. Yeah. If, if, if people only knew how hard it was, it is every day to step into that and knowing that God has called me to do this really specific work and that is really, really reaching people in a mm. way that I never imagined and that should feel exciting, but it's terrifying to know like 
God, I fail, I fail you day by day by day. And you have so much favor over me and so much favor that you have called me to do your work in your kingdom. Yeah. <sighs> so I needed that. I, I needed that reminder yeah. that he was searching for me. Oh yeah. That that's that's what it is. And so for me too, um I when I when I'm in that field, because I, I had to quit watering myself down too. I'm like, I'm dope. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm, just, and I'm dope because I'm, dopeness is within me. Because God I'm is just dope. dope, man. I ain't gonna let you. One that's another favorite. Stop me. I ain't gonna let you stop me. Me. I always say that. You gonna break me down anyway? Okay. This has been great. This has been so great. I'm actually gonna get some food now because I. I know. Food. I'm looking at Cheesecake Factory right in front of me. It's a pot Louisiana pasta, uh, chicken pasta, something like that. Do anyway. It. So this has been another edition of no tag talk this has been a great conversation miss april the superstar superwoman herself uh oh give everybody your instagrams oh, your, yeah. uh, your websites everything all that uh, facebook is raw honey platform uh instagram is raw honey underscore pf yeah twitter is raw honey pf straight through um the website is www.rawhoneypf.com and it has all the podcasts photography anything else you're trying to figure out so yes that will all be in the description as well so it's always a reminder live on purpose and have a little no tech in your life peace i love it